Hi and welcome to the Happiness Safari podcast. I'm so happy you're back listening and I can support you on your way to a happier, more meaningful life. Lots of you ask me if I can share my personal story with you and continue my story from the first episode. So today I decided to share an interview with you from the Blossom Experiment podcast. Camille was interviewing me and I shared my personal story, my journey of becoming a life coach, a yoga teacher and from healing myself to helping others. It's a very personal story and I go very deep into my life, my emotions, my fears and my struggles. And I want to share this with you because I want to show you that also I haven't been happy all the time. I'm also not happy all the time right now, but I am in a much happier place than I've been five years ago. So I want to show you that also I have a story uh, with lots of sadness and difficult times and I came out of that. So if you are in a place yourself where you're struggling and you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel, you're not sure what's coming next and why you're here for, I just want to motivate you to keep going, keep believing in yourself practice self-love and yeah don't give up your hope because there is always a light whatever you're feeling right now however you are this is just a time in your life a period in your life but it will pass I can promise you that from my personal experience I know how it feels if you don't know how you will continue and where you are in your life if you're feeling lost and lonely and you feel you lost everything because I've been there but trust me there will come better times also for you so I'm sharing the story with you I hope you enjoy listening and yeah please share your thoughts on this episode on my Instagram, Nadine Anna Yoga, or message me. I'm responding to all of your messages. I'm always so happy to connect with you. And yeah, enjoy listening. Hi, Nadine. Thank you so much for being here. Um, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Uh, hi, Camille. I'm feeling very well today, I must say. I'm uh, in Peru and it's a beautiful country. I'm very happy here. So Nadine, tell us a little bit about your story, your background and how you got to the work that you're doing now and how you got mainly to the life that you're living right now because it's a pretty different life. So I would love to know how you got to where you are. Yeah, of course. It's um, a kind of long story. I'm trying to make it a bit shorter. I would say it started actually in uh, 2014 when I was uh, very happily newly married and uh, was in a relationship with my ex-husband for five years. Everything was good and I seemed to have everything in my life. You know what you have, like a flat, a car and <laughs> all these things. So at that point in my life, I guess my life was also yeah, going pretty 
smoothly. I mean, of course, you know, like my parents got divorced and there were some things that I didn't really experience any trauma or anything bad ever before. So I was very blessed. From one day to another, my ex-husband lost his memory. So he was missing for a day. And uh, when the police found him, then they put him or bring him to the hospital and they figured out that he had an amnesia so he didn't uh, know anymore who he was and uh, didn't know anything anymore basically wow. and uh, yeah I know it's something you you hear or read uh, like oh yeah you see in movies and you don't really believe that can ever happen yeah um, how how was that yeah. for you did he remember you how was that No, so if you imagine, um, basically you close your eyes and all you see is black, and that's as much as he knew. I mean, there was nothing there. Like, he didn't know his name or, like, you know, he didn't have any memories of the past. He didn't remember anybody around him. He didn't remember his career or, or anything. And, I mean, I got very much into, like, how the brain works in that time, obviously. So there are different parts of the brain, so he could still speak five languages fluently because that um, knowledge is somewhere else than your memory. And then there is your fact memory, like all the things you learn in school and you read and everything you know about religion and history and um, yeah, <laughs> whatever you know. So your knowledge is based somewhere else than your personal memory. So with time, he remembered his um, kind of knowledge, like his fact memory, like very quickly. So then he knew again, you know, like everything about history he's ever learned or everything about politics and how the world is functioning. And he would look at the lamp and then remember everything about electricity. And I mean, all these things we take for granted to know. I mean, he mm. didn't know at the start, but it came back very quickly. But um, yeah, I mean, the first moment I came to the hospital, I was very late in the evening. And yeah, he was missing all day and I knew that something was wrong. So because I mean, he would never just leave and he left without his phone and his keys. And yeah, we were like searching for him all day. And uh, when I came to the hospital and he looked at me and I knew that he didn't know anymore who I was. And um, oh. I could just like see that in his eyes. Yeah, it's interesting that we're speaking about the soul because for me, I felt like we were soulmates. So I was always thinking there must be something connecting us, which is deeper than just our memory. So I thought if he sees me, like he will, like like even if he doesn't know, his brain doesn't know, he will still intuitively like have a connection to me. But um, very unfortunately, it kind of wasn't like that. But I think, I mean, it was also... And so tough on him what happened to him that he actually needed a lot of time to, I guess, digest that himself and deal with it himself. So, um, yeah, I guess his main focus was to get his life kind of back on track in a way or even get to know himself, um, yeah, who he was. And he had to build a new career from scratch because he didn't remember his kind of like wow. TV or like what he's done before, you know. And um, yeah, he like he didn't remember his family or friends or, or anybody. I think we often say, you know, we try to find ourselves and it's hard for every normal person to find yourself, I guess, in a way. But then imagine you don't even know your heritage. You don't know anything about your life and your past. And he was 27 at that point. You're basically a blank piece of paper <laughs> and then try to find yourself. So yeah, that was um, 
that was the start of um, yeah, of his story, of my story, of our story in a way. So yeah, we kind of tried everything. Obviously, like went to lots of um, therapists and psychologists and kind of scientists and uh, trying to find a way to get his memory back. And um, I I guess I was already into like the more spiritual world. Like I, I tried, I mean, to get him like into yoga and meditation. I was really um, wanting him to try hypnosis, but he was like too scared to really um, try that because he was also scared of like what would come up because mm. if that happens to you, your brain is basically having um like a kind of um a blackout like it's um mm-hmm. you know like uh like the reason why you forget everything there must be something so traumatic that you might don't want to remember it he wasn't really like um yeah very keen on kind of remembering i obviously wanted him to remember so i wanted him to remember me but uh, yeah so the last yeah, the five years after that, we still like spent together, and yeah, it basically helped him to get his life back on track. And um, he got uh, a new job, and he he made a really good uh, career. So he's very successful. His focus was much like on work because I guess um, he got his kind of significance from there. Yeah, the focus was really on relationship, and before that, we were very <clears throat> I guess romantic and loving, and, uh, like nice with each other and like he changed I guess uh, over all these years I basically kind of lost myself like in that relationship so mm. I didn't really know you know who I was anymore I didn't know what I wanted in life and um, yeah I basically like no idea and I felt this um, I guess it was the beginning of 2017 like more sad and sad by every day and I was crying every day. And I was usually, again, like a very happy person and very resilient and strong. So even, you know, when that happened to him, I had so much hope. And uh, I kept kind of strong for us because I thought, okay, one day, you know, we'll be all good again. But um, yeah, after like such a long time, something inside me was kind of um, yeah, <laughs> giving up a little bit. I don't even know. I think it was both. Like it was him and our relationship, but it was also my job I had at that time. So I was also signing up the career letter in like an online marketing company. And I was head of new business back then and um, got like promoted and promoted again and again, even if I never really was striving for it. Um, but they kind of, I mean, jobs were kind of offered to me and then I took them because I thought that was the right thing to do and I just realized like how deeply unhappy I was with my life and that even if like I had everything like I had a super good job and it was a nice company and I had like nice colleagues and um, yeah like a good boss and all you can ever ask for but I felt like inside like so much that something was missing so I think that was kind of like, you know, my intuition, like telling me, like, Nadine, wake up. <laughs> like, even if this <laughs> life, like, society is telling you to live, like, it's not the life you are meant to live. Yeah. And, 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 I, and I love, I love that because 
you know, I, I'm I'm in shock because <laughs> we we've <laughs> talked before, but I had no idea about everything that happened in your life. So I have so many questions. <laughs> no, of, no, no. This is amazing. I think this is really interesting because it allows us to expand on so many topics. But I just wanted to say one thing of you know the thing that you were just saying about having what society thinks it's everything. You know, like I had everything and I wasn't feeling fulfilled. And I think that this is a very special thing to notice because when you realize this is when you realize that each one has their own unique way of living and we all have our unique paths from our souls mm -hmm. and that one person can be super happy by doing what you were doing, for example, and feeling super fulfilled, but then you were not feeling like this and allowing yourself this space to understand what it is with your soul's guidance that actually makes you feel fulfilled. I think that's the real deep work and the work that is actually going to expand us in this lifetime and in every lifetime, if you believe in mm -hmm. past lives as well. So I think it's really beautiful that you are saying this because I feel like there's so many people who get attached to a specific way of living and instead of allowing themselves to hone in on their souls and ask their souls and their intuitions, okay, what is the aligned way for me to live? They're just trying to fit into the societal modes of the way that they're living. And I feel like for you, you really allowed you to ask yourself this question So how was that shift? How was the, um, the decision point and the decision making of really jumping off the cliff and following your intuitions onto another path? Maybe it wasn't just a specific moment, but maybe like a series of events. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, that was actually another long journey itself um, because I guess sometimes, yeah, we get a, a calling, let's say, from the universe to change something. But I think often we don't really listen. And um, I don't know, it's like uh, we talk about it. It's like kind of a slap in the face. And then at some, mm -hmm. time, at some point you, you fall. <laughs> and I guess I waited much too long. So I waited until I was kind of, you know, down on my knees. And um, yeah, basically, so in 2017, like it started so that I was really, really sad and I knew something, you know, was wrong and I knew I didn't want to be in that job anymore, but I also didn't know what else to do. And um, back then I kind of just thought, okay, because I mean, I was still, you know, like married there already for, um, well, like in a relationship for almost nine years. So I was like, okay, at some point I have children and then I have a, a gap year because in Germany you get a year at home uh, paid. And then I thought, okay, then I can think about what I want to do and change my career. So that was kind of my, my exit plan. <laughs> But um, that didn't really work because obviously, like, um, yeah, our relationship wasn't really any strong enough to build a family up on it. And um, yeah, the difficulties we had they were just getting like bigger and bigger. Yeah, that was actually one specific day. I was practicing yoga. So I started um, practicing Bikram yoga, pop yoga in 2007. It was something, it was always in my life, but it was um, actually more like, you know, Bikram yoga, so physical, and it wasn't really like the spiritual path for me. It was like I mm. used it as a form of 
you know, stretching and I did a lot of other sports. And then once a week, you know, I like to get in the hot room and do some yoga. Mm -hmm. but, yeah, I started um, the same way. <laughs> yoga is so yeah. sneaky. It's so yeah, sneaky. Yeah. It is, yeah. So it's funny though, because my teachers, like back in the days, they always wanted me to go to the teacher training, become a teacher myself. I never had the money because the training was super expensive and you also need to do like three months long. So it's a long mm. time. And uh, yeah, so I never had the money and the time. I had this one, but not both together. So, but it always stuck in my head. And then one day I was practicing and it literally got me. And I was like, okay, I have to go and do my yoga teacher training. That day I was cycling home and I was calling my little sister and I was like, I want to like look up when the next training is and I want to go. And she was like, yeah, I think it's amazing. I think you should do it. And then I looked it up and that was in, I think, uh, July. And the next training was starting in September in Mexico and Acapulco. I was uh, then even that night, like talking um, to my ex-husband and telling him. And he was actually very like supportive. You know, I guess he could see how sad I was. And he thought, okay, whatever you need to do to feel better, like you do it. And then the next day I talked to my um, boss at that time. And I told him basically, either you give me sabbatical for three years, uh, three months, or I quit. <laughs> and then um, he was actually like yeah okay you can have a sabbatical so the next day I signed up um, for the teacher training uh, it was a little bit crazy and then yeah two months later I was flying to Mexico the, the teacher training was the first um, kind of step I mean like like yeah on my on the new kind of path but honestly I felt like happy the moment I got there like from the first day I stopped crying like it was really like escaping mm. from my reality you know and I was in that yoga bubble and all I was focusing on was like practicing twice a day and then we had a lot of lectures and not much sleep and we had to study a lot and it's mm -hmm. very tough um, training like Bikram yoga like Bikram herself is like military training it's not mm -hmm. <laughs> you know like how you imagine yoga like it's all like very calm and nice and friendly and we're all happy it was um it was tough like and I feel that training is designed that way like they kind of want to break you so um you come out on the other side and then you can really teach people you know who like suffer from diseases or injuries or you know like it's really for people with kind of broken broken bodies maybe and, and broken souls and you have to understand mm -hmm. so that's why the training is so tough yeah so I um I did that and I was super happy there it was beautiful location by the beach um you know like the weather was nice I was jumping into the ocean after every class and watching the sunset every day and amazing and I met amazing people there and I was really like truly happy and there I knew already like every day I was in the ocean I was like okay I just want to do that like I just want to live mm -hmm. by the beach and I just want to teach yoga and practice yoga and be surrounded by yogis and that's all I want to do <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so there I mean I guess I felt it like I guess my, my soul was very happy uh there but um it was interesting because when I came back like I kept it I think for like let's say yeah one two three four maybe five six months but I, I went back to my job and I started teaching like in the mornings or evenings after my corporate job but um, I was going back because I think I was still employed and um, then it was actually funny because then they offered me a job in London 
Mm. And um, so back then I was living in Munich. And uh, yeah, I think, I mean, also with my husband, like things were getting a little bit better because I was happier, I guess. But um, I mean, still, we had these topics that let's say I wanted to have a family and he wasn't ready. And I wanted him to do like therapy and kind of work on himself. And um, I was also also very interesting trying to change him. <laughs> and I was putting mm. it a lot on him instead of looking yeah. inwards and asking myself, you know, what's actually wrong with me. I can't. Um, I can imagine that, but as, uh, just a question: Did he rem- mm-hmm. like afterwards? Did he remember you at after some years? Because from what I gather, this isn't a question that I had in the beginning. But from what I gather, then half of your relationship, he was one person, and then he suffered uh, from amnesia, and then the other half, he didn't um, know who he was, and then he was. Uh, slowly getting back to it but did he remember you at some point or he, you had to fully like recreate a new relationship from from the middle exactly so no so we actually did find a, a scientist who was treating patients who had a similar disease and it's a very rare one so they are just 115 cases worldwide i mean they're known of when we went to him, he said that, I mean, I asked him, that was the first thing I asked him after he gave us a diagnosis. And uh, he was like, yeah, only 15% of these people ever remembered their entire life. That was the day where we decided that he had to kind of start from scratch and we have to start from scratch as well. Um, so that's when he kind of stopped, like started a new career from basically being an intern to then a trainee to then, you know, a junior manager and then so on. Wow. And like now he's also like leading a, a big team and <laughs> it was like, okay, I cannot sit at home and wait for my memory to come back if it doesn't come back. Oh, like okay. I have to do something. So okay, so half of the relationship was you rebuilding that from a person who wasn't who he was before so you were basically like in a relationship with a quote-unquote stranger how was that emotionally for you though like what were the shadows that came up and you know how did you alchemize and processed those emotions as well we're going to go back to the to the other topic that Mm -hmm. we're talking about but i just really i think it's such a specific and drastic change in life and i feel like a lot of People, we know we have like regular problems, not saying that any problem is not important, because I think that all of the challenges that we go through in our lives, they are important and they they should be assessed. But I think that when you get someone who has such a drastic life change, like you had, for example, with something that was completely not in your control, I would love to know how you navigated that with your soul and with your tools your personal development tools and spiritual tools or even you know mindset or what you had in in your hand in that 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 time because I just feel like it's so emotionally exhausting and I don't know I just really wanted to know how you navigated it all emotionally because for him of course like it's really really challenging but also for you I think there's something to be said about you know being the wife who kinds of like ends up dedicating her life to to someone who is a stranger now you know so how was that emotionally 
Yeah, no, I mean, it was horrible because as I said, the moment I've seen him and I like looked into his eyes and I mean, like, you know, these eyes, he looked at me like every day with this loving look, like every time he looked at me, I could feel that love and I could feel like, you know, how much we were like connected and I always felt so loved um, by him. And then it was just kind of gone. It was just so like empty how you actually look at a stranger <laughs> or even worse than that I mean there were like no emotions the interesting thing is that is what has been carrying me for five years was hope so I think every single day I was hoping that one day I will wake up and you know he will just tell me Nadine I remember who you are or he would call me and then run into my office and we would like run into each other's arms and he would know and he would look at me again the same way as he did before. Wow. I have goosebumps. <sighs> so it's, um, yeah, and really I wasn't, um, so people said like, you know, because I wanted him to go to therapy and he didn't want to. And lots of my friends and colleagues said that I should go to therapy and I didn't want <laughs> because I was like no, I'm fine like I'm not the one with the problem here I mean I didn't lose my memory and I was like yeah but it's so tough what you're going through and the problem is I mean I guess especially in America but also in Europe I mean they are support groups for all kinds of things right I mean if um, yeah you lose someone through um, like an accident or suicide or um, you know for widows for um, yeah alcoholics or whatever but I mean there's no support group for people who lost their husband due to amnesia and as you say like from one day to another have to kind of wake up to a stranger every morning and spend the rest of their life with them <laughs> there was just nobody who could just even try to understand what was that like and um, I feel like I compared sometimes with somebody who's like in a coma cases where like the wife tries to move on and eventually even after a couple of years like marry someone else and then after five or ten years like the person wakes up from the coma and you know I think you can never really let go because the person's still alive but you're trying to move on so that's what I've kind of been trying like I've been trying to move on with him so I sometimes say it wasn't being like with his twin brother because I mean he obviously looked like him and he was a lot like him but he wasn't it's like yeah you would never do that like if your love of your life would die you wouldn't the next day be with his with his twin brother and, and continue mm -hmm. life like that so yeah. but I was so full of hope that he would come back and he would remember and he would kind of wake up or assist coma or whatever it was It was because his memory came back. Like, um, so he basically remembered his entire life until um, he was 22. And that was mm -hmm. when we met. So he was always, uh, like, he's still missing the last five years of his life. So from 22 to 27, like, he never remembered. So no, he never remembered me. Um, but he remembered everything before that. So mm -hmm. he remembers his family and his friends and, you know, his childhood and, and all of that. But Yeah, never the time we had together. So everybody he, he met after, so also my friends and family, and, you know, it's just not there. So Yeah, it's so interesting from a spiritual and energetic perspective as well. Like, I'm pretty sure that you have thought a lot about, like, why this happened and how this was serving you. Because, you know, this is something that I honestly believe, and I would love your opinion as well. Because um, I feel like everything that happened in our lives, they it's always for us and for our best and for our expansion and growth. 
And I have this quote that I always channel from my intuition, from my higher self, which is, it's not what your mind would have wanted and would have chosen, but it was exactly what your soul needed for its expansion. So I'm like 100% sure that it's exactly what your soul (laughs) wanted for its expansion. But how was it like making peace with it and also you know how going back to your story how did yoga and everything help to give this like jump off this cliff of eventually making him your ex-husband instead of current her husband mm-hmm. and leaving him and stuff like that and you know getting a divorce for uh yeah how was how was that as well and maybe i don't know you felt a lot of guilt i don't know how how was that emotionally as well and spiritually yeah um yeah so I definitely I guess felt guilt at the start and I had this asking myself obviously why did that happen and I guess before um I would say I was on my like spiritual journey because this all starts actually now <laughs> in the story yeah. it was beginning of um 2018 when I then moved to London and I took the job and I mm. took the job and I thought okay it would be good for us to have some space um so we can both figure out what we wanted out of life and uh, with our relationship. So I moved um, yeah, to London, I took the job. And uh, very um, shortly after that, we figured out that it was not working. So he came to visit me once and we just had a massive fight. And after that, um, when he came back to Munich, we had a conversation on the phone. And then I guess I suggested, like, would it not be better just not to be in touch for a while and see how that so we can really take some time apart because every time we were speaking to each other we were just you know we're both so tense and triggered all the time and then he was like yeah okay let's do that yeah that was just like crazy because I thought you know that I wanted that like I thought I wanted some freedom and I wanted some space and um, that it would be good not to be in touch with him but that was actually the time when kind of everything like fell apart like in my life like my soul like everything because I felt that like moment like basically or the the time after that I mean I was waking up to him every single day like over the past nine years I was talking to him every morning every evening and like Mm. then you know I was just alone in London I didn't have any friends I didn't have my family like um we had a cat together um like I didn't (laughs) have there obviously and and my husband was gone so I was just there by myself and I felt like so alone and then I thought I just lost everything. I lost my entire life. Like everything I was building up for like nine years, you know, like you think you, yeah, you study and then you start a job and then you meet someone and then you get an apartment and then you get married and then you have kids. And like, you know, again, this life, like society is telling you you should live. And I had that. And then it was just falling down like a card house. So the thing is, when he lost his memory, like I never had an emotional breakdown. Like, of course, I was crying from time to time and it was hard. But I was very, very stable, like very strong, very supportive for him. And I was never really asking myself like anything about myself and my needs. And because, Mm. again, I was kind of carried by by hope. And um, I didn't feel like I felt like I lost him, but I still had him. But then when I really lost him, like when the person was gone, it was also like my, my purpose was gone because I mean, I was also kind of caring for him for so many years. Like I probably 
had more the role of like a mother, like to be there yeah. for him and teach him the world, you know, than like a partner. So I think that's why I also felt like like more sad and sad every day because I just didn't feel the same like anymore and I didn't feel like he was loving me the same way I felt like he needed me and he wanted me in his life like I mean we were like friends and we're getting along and um but I didn't feel this like equal kind of partnership and you know love and support and especially when I was struggling with my career and um, I think I was very close to like a burnout and I was very overwhelmed with my job. He like, couldn't support me. Like he, he didn't really know how to deal with all that kind of pain. And then I was just in London. It was horrible. Like for, uh, I don't know how many months, but the entire summer. And it was actually the hottest summer in England ever <laughs> or in Europe probably. But I, couldn't really like enjoy that because I was really suffering and um that was uh, yeah like at some point I went to a psychiatrist and then he diagnosed me with like depressive anxiety disorder and mm. that's what I had like depression is kind of focused on the past so you were just sad about the past so I really was you know very sad about everything that happened and why it happened and then also you have this anxiety for the future because I couldn't see the future without him. Like I couldn't imagine a life without him. I didn't know who I was without him. People say they're lost. Like, I mean, that's the only way to describe it, but I was very, very lost. And um, yeah, that was just basically at that point. And that's when I started really um, kind of my spiritual journey. And it's so interesting because it started actually with a podcast. Um, as well as like a German coach, he is like a like a spiritual coach, I would say. Kind of, you know, listening to these episodes when I was like crying in my bed and I didn't really like where to start. <laughs> but I was kind of like a friend recommended to me and I kept just kept listening and um I think like very, very slowly I tried um kind of different things and I tried to research like, you know, what happens in the body with depression like how um kind of serotonin are released like what i can do to have more serotonin for more kind of happy hormones uh, hormones instead of like the cortisol because i also couldn't sleep um because like cortisol is a stress hormone which keeps you up at night mm. actually so if you are in that you know depressed state or like if you're really stressed so i think people can relate if you wake up at like three four in the morning that's always a time where your cortisol levels are arising so i was basically not able to fall asleep until one or something and i was always waking up at three four so i was just like super exhausted and mm. yeah so i started a lot of research and i've done a lot of things <laughs> i would say over yeah, now the past um yeah, three three and a half years, um, kind of like on my on my healing journey. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was um yeah, I mean very much kind of learning how to change your inside world first, um, than the mm -hmm. outside. I knew I didn't want to be in that job, I also knew I didn't want to stay in London, but I also didn't want to go back to Munich because everything, you know, there was connected to my ex-husband and I didn't really know where I wanted to be in the world but then instead of worrying where I go and what I do I was trying to kind of feel my wounds yeah I love that I, because because that's yeah. so like 
you shifting into like it's something that I say a lot, which is because it sounds like you hit a very huge rock bottom, which is normally where a lot of people start their spiritual journeys from because you're like, okay, mm-hmm. I have literally nothing. Where can I hold on to? What can mm-hmm. I hold on to? And you normally hold on to faith, like you said, with your ex-husband, for example, or you hold on to something that you know has to be bigger because life can't be what you are perceiving it to be in that present moment, which is normally through the lenses of the ego and the mind, which is, you know, normally with like depression, anxiety, suffering, you feel very lost, confused, stuck and foggy. And it's so interesting how you moved from your mind self into your soul self, which is a concept that I talk a lot about in this, in this podcast. And you started realizing that you had to, move into the level of the of the soul and of peace and of inner happiness and of inner healing and just opening up to those micro miracles that would happen so for example the podcast that your friend suggested was like a stepping stone just so you could start seeing a little bit of light and so you could start really expanding into your soul and going into your soul into your essence and beginning this healing so i think that's really really beautiful and what unfolded after that then try to kind of like heal myself first I try to do a lot of kind of personal development I mean I, I tried to find a therapist actually but it was super hard and didn't really like work I mean that part for me I'm not saying it's not good for other people but it didn't really help me so yeah then I've been starting to coach myself and um I was actually thinking about this today. I was like, with this crazy like coach who said, like, okay, I can um, spend a weekend with you. He was like super spiritual. And um, he was like, yeah, that's a, a jump program, basically. And we did it kind of one-on-one. We were like meditating a lot. And we were like out in the forest, like in Germany, like um, completely in nature, like on a lake with like no people and camping there. I mean, I was just kind of sad all the time, but I asked him all this question he seems like so wise and like yeah there is a reason um, for you and Joseph said you will help so many people you just don't know yet he made me jump over like fences going swimming in the lake and like I don't know kind of really pushed me out of my comfort zone kind of also physically in a way was kind of very interesting and then he, I guess taught me a lot about meditation like things I didn't really learn in my um, teacher training even but like I mean simply body scan feeling back into the body kind of getting out of the mind and like connecting with yourself again I think again intuition I feel like my I mean I was always very physical like I was always like Thing. I was like always super good at sports when I was a child and you know that was always kind of easy so I think that's the way I was connect to myself and I mean that's also what I have for the yoga so I started practicing every single day but then I think also I think my soul is very like strong because I mean I'm very happy and grateful like to myself that I for example like never turned into like drugs or alcohol like I mm. knew okay I'm, I'm feeling super super bad but I knew all I wanted to do was healthy. So I actually, instead of, you know, like drinking or smoking or like taking drugs, I was stopping to drink alcohol, you know, occasionally, like completely. I was stopping to drink coffee. I was looking at all these things who are like kind of unhealthy for the body or could create anxiety for coffee because 
it you mm-hmm. know kind of rises your heartbeat and my heart was beating so fast all the time anyway so it's like no <laughs> I was becoming a vegetarian um so I stopped eating kind of meat there and um, kind of stopped eating sugar and I really tried to be like as healthy as possible so I thought you know a healthy mind lives in a healthy body so I was trying like that so I was basically mm-hmm. trying to change everything I could and then I was also getting very much into kind of like sustainability and in in London there are lots of kind of you know zero waste shops and things like that and I got into making my own toothpaste and my own shampoo and uh, (laughs) not using any plastic and living environmentally friendly and it was really everything I was like I could change in my life to like a positive way to kind of contributing to myself and contributing to others I was doing (laughs) trying to kind of find like a purpose there that's really um, really 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 nice and how do you feel like this ended up leading to the work that you do now so tell us a little bit about the work that you do which is really really beautiful work and how did this tie tied into what you're doing right now yeah that's actually a funny story as well because I was um yeah also again trying to you know be very healthy and kind of heal myself and very much against kind of also um I guess medicine so my yoga teacher training I'll stop taking any painkillers or anything like that mm. and I try to you know see and live as natural and I feel like the body can heal its own pain I mean at least if you have a headache you know you don't have to take a pill yeah. right? you have to ask yourself why and where's this headache coming from and maybe do mm-hmm. I need to drink more water and listen to my body mm. and things like that but it was still like bad you know even of all the things I've done like I still was feeling great I was actually going to one psychiatrist in in London the one who diagnosed me and he said um, mm. okay I want to give you like antidepressants and I really didn't want to take them so I took the, yeah. the recipe he was like you can take it and you can think about it and when you when you need them you take them but the thing was that he said they will only change my state in two weeks so I take a pill now like in two weeks I feel better but I was mm-hmm. all that time and I was I mean probably six months of like really severe depression I was and still hoping every day, okay, tomorrow it will be better. I was always hoping mm. like the next day, you know, I will feel better. So for me, two weeks in the future, like two weeks more feeling that way, that was not a good option, you know. Yeah. That was yeah. still a long time. <laughs> so it's like if you would give me a pill, I would feel better immediately. Okay, I would have probably taken it. But yeah, I was, I was trying anyways to be, you know, to kind of heal myself. And then I actually found a, another coach who was a yoga teacher as well. She said, give me five sessions. After these five sessions, if you still want to take antidepressants, you can take them. And I was like, okay, deal. Then I probably had the very worst day of my life, um, like in October. And that was, yeah, actually after I came back from the yoga retreat. So I went to a yoga retreat, I practiced every day. I like, you know, meditated and it was, it was nice and it was good. And, um, but I didn't know anybody there. So I was still like, you know, feeling a little like sad and lonely, but it was okay. But literally the day of flying back to London and then I knew I had to go back to work and all of that, I literally cried like at the airport, like so badly. I mean, like, and I couldn't, I couldn't stop it. Like I couldn't hold it. And people were like looking at me and I was in the immigration queue because in the, in the UK you always have to go to passport control even before, you know, they were part of the EU. And I was just standing there and crying, crying and all the way in the bus to my um, house, like I was crying and I couldn't stop it. 
And then I had a call with her at 10 p.m. at night because she was in Canada. So it was earlier for her. And I was like, I just can't. And like, I'm so sad. And she was just like, Nadine, all you have to do is stop suffering and decide that you want to be happy. And yeah. I was like, okay. <laughs> and <laughs> I mean, literally, I don't know how, but these words, they've done something to me. And I really decided that day that I didn't want to be sad. I was like, okay, after, I don't know, one and a half years of crying every single day, I was like, okay, I'm really done with it. I was like, okay, actually, it makes sense. <laughs> like, it made sense to me. So I decided that day that I didn't want to be sad anymore. And I realized that that is really a decision. And of course, like horrible things can happen to us. And I know mm -hmm. that from working with my clients, like, but it, you can, you know, you cannot like influence what happens on the outside, but you can always like decide how you want to feel. And you have like an influence on your feelings. And I mean, that's what I learned also with all the books I read. And like, you can change your state. Like you can decide for yourself, mm -hmm. like you can get yourself back in a positive state, you know, like you can be happy if you want to. There's a saying like people are always as happy as they decide they want to be. Yeah, that was basically the day I stopped crying. I mean, obviously there was still a, a healing journey, but I was, um, yeah, I was getting better from that day onwards. And um, then I was actually opening up like in my company or starting to speak with my boss about the way I felt and funny because in my company nobody ever recognized like you know that I was depressed and I don't know how they didn't see it because yeah. I felt like I was suffering so badly but I was still functioning like leading a global yeah. team <laughs> and it's so invisible though I, I, I like yeah. I saw a post on Instagram recently that says depression is invisible in the sense that it's like you can't really there's no form you know like anyone can be depressed and you not know about it so mm. so so yeah that's yeah. really i know what you mean yeah yeah so yeah um and then i i guess um i changed the focus from myself to others um so i i talked because then i was a little bit longer in london like i knew my team better you know i knew the people more and i was a little bit out of my own kind of misery so I um, yeah started I guess having individual like catch up with my team and with the people um, in my team and then I realized that kind of almost everybody was suffering in a way that was just crazy because I was like okay I mean I'm not the only one but nobody's sharing nobody feels it's a safe space mm -hmm. for sharing so I've been trying to I guess like help my my colleagues and I've been actually I mean yeah getting some of them to start like therapy themselves and then I started to implement like meditations in the company so, so we started to meditate every morning together I started to like you know talk to my friends and like just um, share more and then I just realized that like so many people are struggling because of so many different ways and then people kept telling me like you know you have to be a coach you have to be a coach <laughs> to help people as well and I was like I mean I always wanted to help people so I think from you know all back in the days when I was like sad in my job and sitting in my office and thinking my life was so like purposeless then I felt mm. like all I wanted was helping people but I didn't know how like I didn't know what I could do to actually help people and you know I thought just working for charity or, or whatever these kind of things but um, yeah I think basically my own journey and like my own healing journey the way 
how I kind of learned how to pick myself up and, and feel better and get out of that. Like, um, yeah, helps me now to help um, other people. So basically, long story short, at some point I um, decided that I wanted to quit my job and I started to save money. And then in uh, September 2019, I, I quit my job and I wanted to kind of travel uh, the world and I did for a while and then COVID came and I came back <laughs> and uh, yeah uh, starting my my coaching training with um, Tony Robbins so it's Robbins Medellin's training oh and so online. cool yeah and I mean I think he's a you know I mean obviously kind of the, the oldest the best coach like the coach himself and learning from him and i mean i think he's very spiritual so it's not he's so inspiring yeah yeah so yeah that training was amazing and um yeah i've done that like online last year and since then i'm basically coaching people and helping people to actually be happier but whatever that means to them because yeah it's very different meaning to everyone and everybody has a very different um, story and I'm sharing my tools with my clients um, no matter where they kind of come from but I do actually work a lot with them yeah women who also came out of a long relationship and mm. are suffering because they feel lost and they don't know I have a client now as well who lost um actually her her family due to an accident so um, wow that's beautiful how your story have led led you to where you are in this present moment and how you followed your soul to you know start doing the work that you're doing now in life which is so 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 beautiful and so special and so important you know to the times that we're living nowadays and how the universe is really in need of people, you know, that do this type of work, you know, this light work or, or soulful work mm. or something like that. So I'm like, I'm sure that, you know, whoever you are attracting as a client is always the aligned one for you. And, you know, from your story, which is so unique, you, I like, I'm 100% sure that you have all of the um, tools and resources and you know whatever is needed to help these people i just wanted to ask you one last question that i love asking um people who are always um, interviewed in my podcast and it's mm -hmm. if you could broadcast a message to the entire planet so imagine if like everyone in the planet is listening to you right now like there's a megaphone on planet earth and if you could broadcast a message to everyone in planet earth what would that be? Wow. Oh, God, I listen to podcasts where they ask a kind of a little bit of similar question. I was always like, <laughs> really? Pre prepare and what interesting is coming up? Uh, yeah, kind of a little bit different, but in that way. <laughs> but like, oh, I would say listen to your intuition. Live the life you're here for kind of follow like your soul path and know no matter what is happening in your life like it's probably happening for a reason and even if you're not where you want to be right now there's always a way out and you are here like for a bigger purpose and believe oh. in that 
I love that. I have goosebumps again. <laughs> oh my God, Nadine, I'm so, so, so great. Like so great. You have no idea how grateful I am <laughs> for you and all of your, your entire story, all of your wisdom, your insights and everything that you brought into this interview. I feel like you brought a sense to me also of, you know, being grateful for who, for your present moment and for being where you are i feel like your story makes me realize how much you know i have to be thankful for uh, as well like being thankful for my memory or something like so mm -hmm. like small that we don't really appreciate but at the same time it's what makes us us and whenever we feel like we can't do ourselves anymore like we can't do our lives anymore i feel like it's a great reminder to make us realize that you know, we've, we've gone through so many days and so many years and those days and years and challenges and experiences and beautiful happenings as well. They all constructed us and concocted us in the person who we are now. And this person is already enough and worthy of having all of their dreams man, um, met and yeah, created. So I don't know. Thank you so much, Nadine, for being here. I'm really, really appreciative. Really, 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 really. <laughs> Thank you so much, Camille. Also for doing what you're doing and for spreading the light. And uh, yeah, thanks for everybody you know, who's listening to your podcast. Like, I really hope uh, yeah, you feel inspired and you also I mean, seek for help. Um, so no matter how you feel, there's always help out there. And there are always so many beautiful people and souls and even if you you know don't meet them in person yet <laughs> i'm so happy that they are on podcasts like yours and it's kind of show what more is possible and what is out there and yeah please keep doing what you're doing thank you and also let, let us let, let us know where we can find you what are your handles and how people can contact you as well people can find me everywhere i can um maybe you can put the things in the show notes by them on instagram and um yeah facebook i have a website as well i also do a physical yoga retreat i'm going to do like yoga and coaching retreat one in kenya planning another one in portugal actually in the in the summer people can get in touch with me and then i have my um, own podcast which is not live yet but when it will be then <laughs> um, you will find it on, on all those channels um, yeah exactly <laughs> perfect i'll put all of your details on the show notes for the episode then thank you so much nadine have thank a good you. evening oh no a good day for you actually <laughs> thank you have a wonderful evening <laughs> I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode and I really hope I could inspire you and show you that there are so many ways to get out of a dark period in your life and I hope you will find your way as well. And yeah, as you could hear from me, it has been yoga and coaching. Both of them have been a major difference in my life and I wanted to invite you to my yoga and coaching retreat in March here in Kenya on one of the most beautiful beaches and lots of you coming already from Europe and also from Kenya. So I have a couple of spots left. The early bird price ended yesterday, but uh, still I have a special offer if you bring a friend. So just check out my website, happinesssafari.com. You will find all the information, videos, pictures and everything you need. And I'm doing these retreats 
really to transform your life and I know with the last retreat last year I had a big impact on a couple of people and I met them again this year and they told me Nadine this retreat really changed my life I'm much happier now I yeah started to love myself and From there, they made new connections and they changed their personal life and their business as well. So I was so, so happy and touched to hear that because this is really why I'm doing what I'm doing from the bottom of my heart. I want you to be happy. I want everybody in this world to be happy. And I yeah, want to give you a space where you can find yourself again, where you can fall in love with yourself and where you can also meet other people, like-minded people. And I'm trying to create a beautiful community for you, full of people, full of love and, and trust. And I know some of you really need that space, especially in these difficult times we are living right now. So if you yeah, think that sounds the right thing for you to do, then please join us in March for our coaching and yoga retreat in Kenya. I wish you all the best. I wish you a lovely day wherever you are, whatever you're doing, wherever you're listening. And I'm sending you lots of love and happiness from the bottom of my heart. Mm -hmm.